Welcome to the Home Aru Podcast with Jaisha and Lyanne. Our mission is to get to know our North Power Farnau. Join us and listen to our people share their stories about work, life, family, and everything in between. Home Aru is a safe space, a place to be risk-free and a place to be open. So here we are, I'm just going to set the scene, we're sitting in a car heading to the safety forum in Auckland and um, I've, I've accosted uh, our guest today on the way down, happened to have my microphones in my bag, what a coincidence and we're going to have a chat um, for the podcast today. So welcome Ian Urquhart who's from uh, Whangarei. Ian I'll, I'll let you give yourself a little bit of an intro. Good morning. Uh, yeah, I didn't really sign up for a, a 6 a.m. drive to Auckland and a podcast at the same time, but I'm uh, Ian Urquhart, as Lyon said, and I am part of the digital team in Whangarei. And I've got the most ambiguous job title, I think, in the organization, which is uh, the Proposition and Experience Lead for North Power. Oh, and, that's uh, an I've interesting to, title, isn't it? I've got to um, thank um, Andrew Wilshire for that one. <laughs> It's certainly a conversation starter with people asking me what I do. Yeah, can you dig a little bit deeper into that? What is a, a, a what proposition? Proposition and experience. experience. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess a lot of it's the experience part of it um, is around how people interact with the digital tools at North Power, mm. or at least um, right through from our employees through to our customers. Um, and it's usually a piece that's kind of missing from a lot of IT. Um, where people don't consider, you know, people engaging with software. Yeah. Um, so so just, user experience. Yeah, a bit of user experience, um, and then the proposition side of it is the why. So just drilling into the what and the why, and why are we doing it? So I guess it's quite easy for us to get intoxicated by tools and mm. by systems, and um, yeah, a lot of what I do is just challenge some of the reasoning behind why we're doing some stuff and yep. making sure that I guess um, customers understand why we're doing it, um, what the experience is like um, and all the implications I guess for sort of moving into a minimum viable product through to you know fully featured at the end of the game but a lot of the customers I guess they want to jump to fully featured at the start. Yeah. It's just setting that pace really so that's oh, wow. proposition and experience in a nutshell. And um, you've been at North Power full-time for, you can tell us how long? Yeah, three years, but yep. um, I actually was contracted to North Power back in 2007, so wow. 13 years. Um, I had my own company, writing software, doing web stuff. Um, I built, built NorthPower.com yeah, back in 2007. Wow. And then I think Darren Mason was the marketing manager for North Power then, so dealt with him or worked with him. And then once the fiber business came on board, I got involved with setting up a lot of the B2B offerings. So the way retailers interacted with North Power, putting in orders. Was that the, the back of the van stuff? Um, yeah, man in the van, man all of those projects. I'm not sure what happened in the back of the van, but the, uh, the MIC project, or, uh, it was actually man in car. Man in, oh, man in yeah. car. <laughs> but um, yeah, it started out really simple, just how can retailers place orders, and then it went right through to 
um, all the assurance stuff, so fault ticketing. Um, and I guess I had a, a team of a few developers and we built a lot of that. And then over the years, I guess the systems grew and became more um, comprehensive, more of us got involved. And then, yeah, after in 2017, I got offered a position at North Power and um, yeah, been there ever since. Oh, wow, cool. Hey, pop your um, your sunshade thing at the front down and then you can look at me in the mirror. Make a bit of eye contact, oh, look at, eh? <laughs> look at, look at. No, actually, no, doesn't quite line up. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? I've got the, you know, very, very much older version of this car. And there's a, um, where the sunglasses part is, there isn't one on this car. You know, it's not as fancy as mine, obviously. You uh, can pop down a little mirror and then you can watch your kids fight in the back. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, if only that was there, it would have made this a lot easier. Give them the death stare from yes, the front Yes, you can seat. give them that's, the death stare. That's good. It's all about illusion. They need to think <laughs> you're watching them. Um, much like health and safety, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's another episode on its own. Um, Ian, I'm just I'm detecting just a slight accent there. Oh yeah. So I am um, from Scotland, and a bit of a bit of a cocktail mix actually. My father was Scottish, and my mother is Greek. Wow. Uh, Greek Cypriot. So. And kind of a funny story there, actually. My my father was in the British Army, based in Cyprus. Wow. And um, he was visiting a, a mountain village, <laughs> and was in a pub, and uh, proclaimed that he would like to marry a, a Greek lady. Wow. Um, he wanted to look after his stomach. He heard that Greek women were great cooks and whatnot. Back in the 1990s, I yep. suppose. Oh, <laughs> the 70s. Um, and. My grandfather was in the pub, and he said, "Sure, have I <laughs> have I got a girl for you?" And offered um, my mother as a, a would-be bride to my father. Oh my god! And she was 16, <gasps> and um, they well, met they met once, and then got married. Wow! And um, she got pregnant with my oldest brother at the age of 16. Oh my god! And um, had three boys. I'm the youngest, and um, by 23, she was. Um, you know, on her way with with three kids and, and traveling around military camps. Wow! And um, so we spent a lot of our early years. How traveling. old was your dad? Tell me that. Uh, a little bit older, so he was probably twenty one at the time. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Cool. That's fine. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like fifty. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I was like, I need to like paint the picture. This could be really yeah, romantic, yeah. or it could yeah. be really creepy. No, Which no, one? Um, <laughs> no, they um, they they. Saw it out. They, um, yeah. Did they? So they? Did they actually fall in love? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, um, it's so. But cute. yeah, we, we spent a lot of our years traveling around the Middle East. So Jordan, my dad worked in oil rigs, and um, wow. But he's from a very remote Scottish island called Tyree, um, and that's where we grew up. Or I guess from the age of five, I did all my schooling on the west coast of Scotland in a community of about six hundred. Oh, yeah. You know what, Ian? Yeah. I just want to. I just want to tell you, we've got a common connection here. I'm thirty-one percent Scottish. There you go. We're yep. probably related. Probably, um, probably exiled from Scotland by <laughs> not paying our taxes or something. <laughs> yep, definitely. <laughs> oh wow. So yeah, that island is um, about four hours by boat, um, way out in the west coast, just north of Ireland, and it has one policeman. Oh. He's also the policeman for the neighbouring island as well. So sometimes when there's something going on next door. He has to pop off on a fishing boat, get a lift, go and sort out some 
issues over there and come back. <laughs> but we got plenty of pups. We got three pups. And, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> three pubs, yeah. I was like, that yeah. is that is more than Whangarei. Windiest place in Europe. Um, oh, wow. So awesome water sports, like windsurfing. But they also call it the Hawaii of the North. Because <laughs> we have the, the most sunshine hours out of the UK. Oh, wow. And we okay. have uh, white sandy beaches facing every direction. Oh, so it's, is actually, it, so it's quite beautiful? It's really nice, yeah. So what was it called again? Tyree. Tyree. I love Tyree. Like T I-R-E-E T-I-R-E-E Oh, there's going to get a few Google hits after all of our listeners Have a look. Uh, it's, um, hear this There's no trees, so I never climbed a tree until I was a teenager Whoa! Um, yeah, it's all just grass, completely flat It's like the it's highest like, level is 300 feet, so 100 meters above sea level um, Is that like, um, now, I, I did do 7th form geography Is that like an atoll? An atoll? <laughs> do you know? <laughs> Are you calling me an asshole? Yes, no. What? Oh. Like, you know, we're, like there was land and there wasn't like much on it and it's like quite flat. It's like meant to be some kind of... Well, there's a new word for me. No, yeah. I don't know. Google that. Uh, yeah, well... I can't tell you how it's spelled. <laughs> oh, wow. So you've had a... Um, you've just... Sounds like you've been all around the world. Well, no, it was pretty rural. Like, we, we didn't really travel much, to be honest. What, like, at uh -huh. a really young age, we traveled heaps. And then for my whole sort of five to 18 years old was on Tyree, yeah. um, which is cool. Like, really cool place to grow up. But then um, went off to Aberdeen, which is on the other side of the country, and went to art school. Art um, school? Yeah, so I got accepted for fine art or industrial design. Wow. And I, I had both the letters with me and I went to Aberdeen uh, to Grace School of Art and I had both the letters there and I was trying to pick whether I was going to be an artist or an industrial designer. What's and an industrial designer? So product designer. So, oh, okay. um, you know, everything you kind of look at and engage with designing, yeah. you know, vehicle interiors or products, um, all of that stuff. But it was a mistake. I, I didn't like it. So I did that for two years and um, I didn't like like I like the creative freedom that art brought, but I didn't like the restrictions on industrial design. I didn't, yeah, you know, I'd never yeah. done technical drawing, um, so I really struggled with it. And then, yeah, bought a one-way ticket to Australia to go see the world, which is wow. what you do when you bail out <laughs> two years into a degree. So, and that's where I met my wife. She's Kiwi. Oh. Um, she was in Sydney, and I. I was totally getting ready to be like. Your wife's Australian? <laughs> no, she's from Auckland. Oh, yeah. so that's yeah. how you ended up in New Zealand? Well, yeah, it was a bit in between that. We travelled a lot of the world, so we did Africa, Southeast Asia, Europe together, and she came out to Tyree. Um, and she worked on the local pub, oh, <laughs> pulled wicked. a lot of pints um, from the locals out there for about a year. And yeah, we travelled around, and then she decided she had sort of had enough of the UK or the OE so um, she came back to New Zealand and then I thought nah I'm gonna chase after that so about a, six months after I bought tickets to New Zealand oh wow and bought a engagement ring in Bangkok on the way here <laughs> with what little money I had and um, proposed a couple of days after arriving and she said yes so oh that was 2003 so I arrived in Whangarei 2003 yep yeah. So you've been in Whangarei ever since? Is yeah. she a Whangarei local? No, she's from Auckland, so 
bit of a funny story there as well. Um, her uh, father's girlfriend's sister was setting up a graphic design shop in Whangarei ah. in 2003. Yeah. And I father's was, um, girl, girlfriend's sister. Father's girlfriend's sister. Yes, got it. Girlf- father's girlfriend's sister's daughter <laughs> was setting up a business. Yeah. So okay. kept it in the family just. Um, but I, I wasn't really like. I had, through my travels, I had a laptop and I was teaching myself programming and um, IT stuff and graphic design. And because they were setting up a graphic design shop, um, I was commuting between Auckland and Whangarei just to get my foot in the door, I guess, yeah. to, to learn the trade. And so I was going up to Whangarei Monday to Friday and then commuting back to Auckland for the weekends. My wife was working in Auckland. And then after about six months of that, I um, was full-time in Whangarei. I just started living up north. And yep. then my wife moved up north. And then shortly after that, I got made into um, one of the partners at the company. Because cool. I was doing web. And yeah, the, the other people were sort of just doing, I guess, older school sort of graphics and, and not really getting with the internet. So. There was oh, quite a big wow. opening, I guess, opportunity up north because yep. a lot of people that were my age, like mid-twenties or early-twenties, were <laughs> down in Auckland or yeah. off in the UK doing all that stuff elsewhere. So that was the opportunity, really. And then after about a year of that, I took over the company and then ran it for about 15 years. Wow. Self-employed. Um, that's yeah. so cool. When, um, when you first started at North Power, I don't think I actually got to like speak to you for a while so I didn't know you had an accent but I actually thought that you were like Mexican <laughs> <laughs> well lots of people don't know where the heck I'm from yeah because you, you know you've got like a really tan color of skin yeah people can't see you so I'm going to just describe what you look like now yeah um, you're like six <laughs> foot five um, <laughs> extremely muscly yeah um, that's right yeah try yeah. spot him next time keep you come going, to keep going, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> but um well, yeah, you're like literally in terms of your graphic design and website design and all that. I think our website's beautiful, but um, you're literally like the pinnacle of any kind of anything that's designed at North Power. You're like your stuff always looks the best. That's 100% there's sure. A, there's a not so secret recipe to all that. Yes. And it takes a little bit of time to get through. And it's, it's, it's the same with what I was talking about earlier about IT in general is that when everybody starts dabbling with design, um, the general ethos is more and more and more and yeah. add more and more. It's usually like when somebody starts up with Photoshop and learning that, they discover filters. Yeah. So then they'll yeah. add a filter and they're like, whoa, that looks cool. I'll add another filter and that looks even cooler. And then by the time they've added the 15th cooler, they're like completely blown away by how cool it is. And everyone's just like, what is that mess? Like, yeah. why is there so much going on? Yeah. And it's a, it's a journey that every designer goes through, but I'm sort of 40 now. So you kind of get to the other end of that and then you realize- Simplicity. It's finished when it's there's nothing left to remove. Yeah. So you're kind of boiling everything down to its absolutely essential pieces. And you're not trying to wow anybody with how it looks. Mm. Um, and if it if it's not good, it's generally not the design that's at fault. It's usually the concept or, uh, or what's being said. Yeah. So a lot of people will have really poor messaging and then try and 
put lipstick Juice on it. Juice it up. Yeah, juice <laughs> it up. Yeah. And that's that's what I cut through, and that's that's essentially what um, a designer's role is. It's finished when there's nothing left to remove. That's right. And it's, I like that. It's basically um, it's you can apply that to everything. It, um, Life. health and safety. Absolutely. <laughs> like all all of that and that's where i get involved in some stuff that's not it yeah like the covid response for example all, all of that framework was around boiling down everything to what's the essential pieces and, is it like the need to know not the nice to know but like what do people actually need to know yeah absolutely yeah. so you just you know if it's not necessary get it out yeah if it's not absolutely essential get it out and if Gosh. it is essential, make it beautiful or, or, or sweat the details and make it, you know, robust. Yeah. It works. And once you've got that, then that's your base for everything. I've like, you know, one of my most favorite things to see in the corporate world is a good PowerPoint. So, um, <laughs> like at work, you know, yours are like, you know, the that's the that's the level everyone, you know, I I I do not get anywhere near. But yeah. I look at your stuff for inspiration. Um, but luckily, you know, as an organisation, our our PowerPoint, like, if there was a bar, you know, as long as I'm in between that bar and you, yeah. you know, well, it's it's. it's it's, tends to be it's been a real better. labor because like I spent 15 years in like the Adobe creative, yeah. creative suite world yeah. which is like you need a PhD in Adobe yep. to kind of run <laughs> any of their programs yeah and then I'm kind of fine because I was a Mac user as well I didn't, yeah. I didn't use PCs um, ever can you just and explain the difference because there's a lot of people that won't actually really know oh, what you're so saying. an Apple Mac versus a, a sort of Windows based computer so yeah Windows is sort of coming of age at the moment where there's kind of like and the same with Google a few years ago, they kind of suddenly got that user experience was really important. And yeah. all of that simplicity, you know, this is the stuff that Apple was preaching 20 years ago, which yeah. is make it work, just make the user not have to think about it. Mm -hmm. And that's why a lot of their interfaces or at least their products are kind of more intuitive because you just, if you, if you think logically, I want this file to go over there or I want this action to happen, it's a lot more intuitive. Like yeah. the, Whereas in, in Windows, it's all about features and the specs. Yeah. So you buy an Android phone or something and it usually sells you how many megapixels the camera is or how fast or the yeah. processor is or how much RAM it's got. Apple's always been about just keep that stuff invisible. Yeah. And think about- Sell the experience. Um, yeah, sell the experience. So, and that grates a lot of people, but um, well, yeah, Microsoft stuff's kind of come a long way recently, yeah. especially in the last few years. But. That was my world from Mac, and then mm. moving over to PC, I, I swore blind I would never be a PC user. <laughs> and here I am um, using PowerPoint <laughs> and, and, a, and a Windows laptop. But it's actually, and that's what's been, like I said, you, if all you're doing is really simple stuff, and if I create stuff in Adobe or InDesign or Illustrator or anything like that, it means nobody else can work with it. Yeah, yeah, Whereas exactly. I create stuff now in, in PowerPoint or the Office Suite, um, give it to the likes yeah. of you or, or share it, then other people can pick it up and, and use it. You know what I feel like would be just amazing? Like, masterclass PowerPoint with Ian. Well, we were going to do lunch and learns. Yeah. Um, so through COVID, we were doing um, <laughs> the joy of Photoshop with Ian, which was um, <laughs> people in a Teams call would send me pictures and I would um, manipulate them and, 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 and do some interesting um, mock-ups that I don't think I could share with anybody apart from I believe from I've seen a couple of these. Close circles, but yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a really famous guy called Bob Ross. 
And if you Google him, he used to create oil paintings in an hour or half an hour. Yeah. And it was a TV show through the 70s. He's, he's like this amazing guy with an afro um, who smoked far too much um, herbs and was <laughs> such a really nice guy. But he invented this like wet oil painting technique because yeah. oil painting you normally have to let the paint dry, give it a couple of days, put your next layer on it. But he would produce a masterpiece all from his head. Wow. And it was all called Happy Little Accidents. So he would be painting a tree or whatever and he'd smudge the brush and he'd be like, no, no, there's a happy little accident. And he would talk about the squirrels that lived in the trees and he was just really, really funny guy. <laughs> but this is the, the joy of PowerPoint. Um, it's probably a series that's that's been in the making for a little while, but little tidbits of, of how to use this stuff, I oh, think wow. is, would be cool. Yeah, little, little micro-sized things. Yeah, I like it. Oh, cool. So, um, at the moment, what are you working on? I have been working with the health and safety team um, and a few others, I guess, on the critical risk control rollout. How's that experience been? Yeah, it's been really cool because, um, yeah, just getting out of, I guess, the office, meeting a lot of the field staff at mm. the events has been the highlight. You know, just watching people um, interact with the tool um, yeah. or, or see what you know, digital literacy is like around the business. It's been really cool. Um, but just, I mean, the purpose of the programs in the right thing, I can't think of anything else I, I sort of should be working on. Yeah. Um, and getting safety sort of sorted. I think we've acknowledged that the health and safety space is getting quite noisy, it's been quite complex. And as Matt Arangi sort of says when he introduces it, it's, we're quite guilty of adding another procedure and this, this mm. harks back to what I'm talking about earlier, yeah. which is just like we, we like to add. Yeah. And, and it's not done until we've, you know, finished adding. Mm. And this program of work has been about let's peel everything back and get back to the basics. Get focused on what's actually going to stop it what's from important. being yeah. hurt. Yep. And that's, that's, you know, from all the programs that I've seen, you know, I think they've been described as sort of one-hit wonders, stop mm. the business for the day. <laughs> but locking in sort Focus of... Focus it itself again. <laughs> But locking in, um, you know, measurable yeah. performance and going, where are we at and where do we need to go and what's the path to get there um, is something that hasn't been done at this level. So hopefully it's going to cut through. And we're just actually on our way to the safety forum. It's Ian's first uh, trip to the safety forum. Yes. Don't tell them what I told you. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> Kidding. The pies are good. <laughs> the food is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. All right. Well, um, do you have any last words of wisdom before we wrap this one up? Uh, no, just hopefully um, get to meet a few of you. And I'm not six foot tall at all. I'm <laughs> five foot four or something. I'm pretty sure. No, um, I'm five foot seven. <laughs> so I feel like you can just look me in the eye. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't. Remember. I think you're probably taller than me. Let's be. But honest. I do have big muscles. I'll give you. That. He does um, have big muscles, and actually. <laughs> Actually, you know what? We're not going to finish. I want you to talk a little bit about your journey uh, into the... You've had a bit of a um, health and lifestyle over, overhaul in the last few years, right? Oh, true, yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. like to... Let's share a little bit about that with the listeners. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess I was pushing... I think 100, nearly 100 kilos at one point. I was into what? The, I was into the 90-something. I can't imagine... I can't um, imagine you... I held it well. And yeah, it's all no. that height. Yeah. Everyone um, says that about me too. <laughs> <laughs> loose, loose clothing, you know, double yeah. t-shirts, oh all, all those tricks. But I was, I was quite large and I smoked. Yeah. Um, yeah. From 
far too young. I used to steal my father's cigarettes, I think, when I was like 14, 15. Oh, um, that's not young in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I, always, I was always quite physical growing yeah. up. So like I worked on fishing boats through my teens. That, that's what paid me through university and stuff. So I always, and then when I came to New Zealand, I was working in forestry at first um, yep. down in the South Island. Um, so I was quite physical, but I could maintain it. Um, I could get away with all the smoking and all the, you know, bad yeah. habits. But then when I became office-based or desk-based, mm. um, I kept all of that stuff going Yeah. and got really unhealthy. What is this? It's like um, the office 20 or something. Yeah. So I just, um, yeah, plowed on. And then I think North Paris started the Taupo Ultra. Ultra. Um, I think it was about the year I started as well, 2017, 2018? Yeah, um, 2017 I, th I think was yeah. the first year, yeah. And I just signed up with a team and that was probably one of the best things I've ever done. So wow. um, it was Rob Meadows, um, Steve McMillan, You know what, I interviewed, I interviewed you for that. Um, I've got a video clip of you. Do you? Yeah, I might be able oh. to insert some in here, let's see what happens. <laughs> but before. yeah, um, just have, and we signed up for the 100K relay team and then I did the 26k component so I, the I hadn't yeah. oh the second league second to last second to last yeah um, Mike Ballantyne brought it home so it was Rob Meadows did the 33 Steve McMillan did the 22 I did the 26 and then um, Mike did the 24 if that had still to 100 I think but um it was around that but I was I'd never run more than a k in my life wow um, and Kerry Give us the plan. Yep. Um, Kerry so carries the the running. Yeah. Coach, so North Power assigned a, a you know professional coach, I guess, to because there was a lot of us that hadn't done it before. Yeah. Um, and gave us a training plan, and just said as long as you stick to the plan, you're good. And that year um, was a bit of a tough year. I'm gonna um, like one of my best mates had committed suicide. Oh wow. Um, so there's quite a bit going on. I was kind of in this transition state of winding down my business, starting at North Power. Yeah. for a number of reasons and then you know this health kick was kind of it wasn't really a need it felt like a, a need to do something and then um, just stuck to the plan and lost heaps of weight kicked the cigarettes off um, and suddenly like weight just started falling off um, you know got down to like 73 kgs oh. um, and that was just you know transformational really just yeah and also again getting to meet all the people um, that I wouldn't have met through that. Yeah. And um, yeah, still, still maintain it. Um, use my gym membership through North Power. Um, I've run the Wild Kiwi as well. Yeah. Um, which is one of the toughest half marathons in the in the country. That was yeah. cool. Um, and now I just do a bit of a mix of working out and running. Just kicking off running again because. Wild Kiwi's coming up in March, so yeah. You you gave me a good piece of uh, running advice earlier in the year. Um, during lockdown one, I tried the Couch to 5K for the first time yeah. ever. Yeah. And oh no, actually, it was before I started that. Um, I decided one day I was like, I'm just gonna like start running. <laughs> and then I came to work, and so Ian and I were like, we're like over the partition from each other at that point. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh man, I like tried running and my hips are so sore and blah blah yeah, blah and yeah. you were like yeah nah you actually have to like build into it and you told me a story about how you got kind of injured when you first got started yeah so everybody goes hard and that's everybody gets injured yeah um and that's common like with 
with everybody they just and it is you want to give it a hundred percent but my I don't know there's there's you know a million ways of looking at it but I just kind of go muscle is generally develops really fast so you can get strong really really quick but it's all that longer term stuff your joints um, that take a, a lot longer to sort of build mm. up so your main big core muscle groups your quads your biceps your chest all that stuff can can inflate really quickly but then outpower all the supporting stuff around your knees and your hips so you've got to really really take the first year and it is that long of just taking it easy um, and your body's going I can do more but actually you've got to be really careful I made yeah. the mistake of I was playing soccer like I started playing football after 20 years and I was injured wow. a lot just <laughs> just from stupid you know running zigzagging all mm. of that stuff my body just couldn't handle it um, and it's nothing worse than you know all that hard work and then you got four weeks of rest yeah and you can't do it so but yeah, pretty pretty uh, fit and pretty fast at our um, what was it office versus field office versus um, field yeah that was a few weeks fun. ago i really enjoy that yeah yeah it's good good crack um getting in amongst the field staff and i yeah. think <laughs> for a lot of them i think they think we're um lazy or you know not yeah. fit desk bound which a lot of us are but i mean there's a few of us that <laughs> yeah. um have got we skills on the field it's quite funny um, we actually lost it was a by technicality game. yeah I'm that's just right add yeah. that. it was there's some disputes over the scoring. There was. But our best player, um, or their best player, was one of our players, which was, I have to give a shout out to Raj. Like, his goalkeeping was so atrocious. Ah. Uh, but. No, that was, oh, their, I get what you mean. Their best player was in our team, which was our goalkeeper. But, um, fuck, that was, it was sorry, Ooh. sorry, I um, shouldn't swear. Right, I'll that, take that out. Take that out, but that was so funny. Like, he was yeah. hilarious. Was you did cool. very well to not swear for 29 minutes. <laughs> I got Andrew Wilshire in, like, the first 10, so right. it's fine. Cool. Okay, well, that was, you know, that was awesome. That was very inspirational. Um, I'm pretty sure some of these words are going to hit someone somewhere. <laughs> They're going to take some crap out of their PowerPoint that doesn't need to be there. Please yeah. listen to Ian's words. Keep it simple, people. I've seen some shockers out there. Continue to see some shockers. Uh, and it's a very big pet peeve of mine. So <laughs> cool. get, get on there. Just ask Ian to review all your PowerPoints now. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Kidding. He's going to make me edit that out. All right. All right. Um, thank you very much, Ian. You're Thanks welcome. for coming on Home Auto today. Cool. Nice to talk to you.